the Tennessee Titans are playing a football game this week, and we have a great returning guest on the show tonight. Sammy, start us up. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, 94 yards. Touchdown, Titans. He is the baddest man in the NFL. And he just took her to the house. The Sickest Tennessee Titans Podcast. Sick! It's going to be sick. What is going on tonight, everybody? We have a live show with a great guest. I'm joined alongside my buddy Vinny. Sal can't be here tonight, but uh, Vin, how's it going, buddy? You know, it could be better. It could be worse. The Titans play a football game this week, so the long wait is just about over. But let's let's dive right into it and get our, our, our guest um, introduced. Not that he needs an introduction, though. That's it. We have a great returning guest. We haven't spoken to him since he's been uh, on his way to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. So um, without further ado, uh, the Titans senior writer and editor, Mr. Jim Wyatt. How are you guys doing tonight? What's going on, Jim? How, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I think I was in the uh, in the Nashville airport. That was a late night flight. I think I was catching down to Mobile that night when I talked to you or even later tonight. I appreciate you guys this in on my schedule doing it late here on a uh tuesday night but uh glad to be back on again and ready for some titans football to get started Absolutely. well we appreciate you fitting us into your schedule as well so um welcome back thanks for coming back and let's dive right into it right jared that's it Hey, listen, the the, the, mo- the media, the national media are obsessed with the Titans quarterback situation right now. And I- I'm sure, you know, we all are. Uh, we don't know what's going on, but we do know that Ryan Tannehill is the starting quarterback for this team. Malik Willis and Will Levis has been really hot as of late in camp, as you and TD and Kayla and everybody has been saying, you know, with the reports every day. Um, who do you see going forward could be the, the winner of that quarterback, too, behind Ryan Tannehill? And do you see them keeping three quarterbacks this year? Well, I'm going to clear one thing up first. Uh, this is not a Dallas Cowboys hat. This is a Vanderbilt Commodore Star V hat here uh, that I'm rocking today. It gets mistaken for a Cowboys hat from time to time. You would never catch me in a Cowboys hat. Mm-hmm. That hatred goes way back to when I was a little kid growing up a Buffalo Bills fan. But um, as far as clearing up the quarterback situation, I think Tom's going to tell on that when you're riding that Ryan Tannehill's this team starting quarterback. I do believe as we sit here tonight, on August the 8th, uh, that the team's going to keep three quarterbacks. Uh, I didn't feel that way back in April or, or the end of April or, or May, I should say, after Will Levis was drafted, after watching Malik Willis through the course of the offseason, watching Will Levis, kind of understanding the landscape a little bit more. I feel like the team will keep three just because, you know, Malik's on an affordable contract. Malik has gotten better. We know Will Levis isn't going anywhere. He was just picked 33rd overall. So I feel like, you know, they're in a position to keep three and continue to develop. Who ends up being the number two? Uh, time will tell. I mean, Malik has clearly made strides since the end of last season. He's been more decisive. He's gotten the ball, you know, getting the ball out quicker. He's been more accurate. Mike Brable's been very happy with how he has handled himself in the building. And I think what he meant by that in learning to be a pro is just him showing up to work ready to go. And, and not wasting any opportunities on the field in the 
inside the building to show that he is ready to do this. Um, Will Levis has gotten better. Uh, you know, watching him in OTAs and the mini camp, he struggled early. He's been a different guy in camp. He has made great strides. And um, these preseason games and the joint practices coming up, I think are going to go a long way in determining who this team feels best about being back up on game days behind Ryan Tannehill. Now, Jim, real quick before you go, Vin, the Titans are allowed to dress three quarterbacks going into this year. It's a little different from last year, right? Yeah, the, the rule is different, you know, it's, you know as far as the – Keeping keeping three on the fifty three, uh, you know, I I don't know that you know a lot of people think that's the reason the Titans would keep three quarterback. I think the reason to keep three quarterbacks again is for some of the reason I said is because you, know, you got some guys that are on affordable contracts yeah. and because you feel like all these guys are getting better. But the rule has changed to make it a little bit easier. Okay, so you've been seeing uh, training camp firsthand the last few weeks. I want uh, your opinion on what you think the biggest difference between Tim Kelly's offense has been during training camp and what Ty Downing's offense looked like the last few years. What's the biggest difference between the two? And this season, who do you think will be the biggest beneficiary of the change in offensive scheme, whether it's – um you know, a Chig or a Henry, um, who do you think will benefit the most from the change in scheme? And what is the biggest difference you're seeing um, at a firsthand perspective of the change um, in offensive personnel? Yeah, I mean, as far as what they're doing, I mean, I think the biggest thing I can say I've seen through the offseason, through the early portion of training camp is just the up-tempo pace, getting in and out of the huddle, being faster. Uh, you know, as far as scheme changes, uh, it's hard to say right now. I mean, I have seen some stuff that I can't really give away. I mean, I've seen some stuff throughout the offseason because I do get to watch every practice. You know, I'm fortunate enough working for the team where even, the you know, they've got several open OTAs and then they've got other OTAs that are closed. I get to be out there. I saw them on all eight days. I was out there for the mini camp practice. I've been to every training camp practice. Some things happen. I can't give away scheme-related. Uh, what play calls look like. I mean, I, I think they're going to be – Again, up-tempo, getting out of the huddle faster, putting more stress on the defense. That's what Tim Kelly is stressing. I think I think personnel-wise, this team's going to be built differently in that it has more options for Ryan Tannehill to throw to. And as a result of that, I think you'll see him throw the ball more. There are going to be games where Derrick Henry's going to get a lot of carries and he's going to be the load. But with DeAndre Hopkins now aboard, with Traylon Burks being a guy they now trust more than ever because he looks different in year two. Chica Conquo looking better and, uh, you know, and and being more of a threat in his second season is going to help. And uh, it all boils down to how well this team can protect the quarterback. You, you can throw it to Hopkins and Burks and Conquo and, and, uh, and, and distribute the ball to – you know, Derrick Henry, but if you can't protect the quarterback, no matter what you want to do, it's not going to work out. So that's the big question mark to me. I know what they would like to do. I guess we'll find out whether they can actually do it. So then you're saying basically you just feel that the tempo this year will be much more faster paced, you know, a little less, you know, mundane for lack of a better word from what it was the last few years where it was, you know, run the ball two to three times and then, you know, 
very vanilla play calling. So I guess what you're saying is that you'll just see a faster pace, more exciting offense, hopefully, um, this year. I think so. I mean, there were some games that were yawners last year on offense, no question. Too many games scoring in the teens. You know, too many games with the defense. You know, they couldn't get a stop. Uh, You know, at certain times you knew this team was not going to win it. And I think now this offense will be able to hold hold up its end of the bargain more often. And I think it'll be better. You know, again, some of it's personnel, but I think some of it is scheme change. Some of it is a philosophy change. Know that they're going to have with Tim Kelly, and I've seen parts of that. I didn't have him mention Ty J Spears. I mean, he's another weapon that the team has that's going to add an extra dynamic uh, to this to this team. Okay. I know me and Vin. I know me and Vin love Ty J Spears pre pre draft before the Titans even draft him. We we had draft uh, show and. Tasha Spears came up a lot saying that the Titans, you know, need a one-two punch with Derrick Henry, and I'm glad, and I know he's glad that we have him. But um, yeah, and, and, there, and there are other guys, too, I didn't, I didn't even mention. And if I hate to build guys up too much because it creates an expectation. Some of these guys have got to prove it. One of these guys is Kyle Phillips. I thought he was going to have a huge year last year. He got hurt in week one. Then when he tried to come back, he got hurt again. He, he is a unique talent who could be good. I think Chris Moore, the acquisition from the Texans, he's had a really good offseason. He, he potentially could help. And I hesitate to mention some of those guys because I hate to create an expectation because we all know what happened with Kyle Phillips last year. But I thought he was going to be really good in his rookie season. He got hurt before the season, you know, in week one against the Giants, and he tried to come back, got hurt leading up to the Colts game, and he just and he went on injured reserve. But he's had a good offseason, and he can do some things with him. Chris Moore – you know, from the Texans, I, I've been impressed with what I've seen from him. So uh, the Titans have some options on offense that can make uh, the unit better. But, again, so much hinges on protection, so much hinges on keeping the quarterback healthy. Now, before Garrett gets into our star receiver, since you brought up Kyle Phillips, I know we had read about it on social media. His plan was to gain some weight and get bigger. Does it look like this camp he looks like he put on some muscle – to hopefully sustain, you know, a 17-game season? He does. He looks noticeably bigger. Uh, you know, he looks, you know, his arms, upper body is definitely bigger. He's put on weight. He's given a lot of credit to the team nutritionist, Lauren Silvio, who helped him get on a better diet. And uh, and now it's just a matter of him keeping it on. I mean, he, he said, I talked to him about just the other day, and he just said he feels like he can get off you know, get off the line of scrimmage, get off his, on his releases a lot better now because he feels stronger. He can fight through more contact. So should help him with his play, and hopefully it'll help him avoid some uh, some of these injuries. So we're talking about the wide receiver. Yeah, we're talking about the wide receiver position, and obviously Nuke is in town, right? With all the social media posts going all over the place, he looks as advertised as the all-pro wide receiver that he could be again in this offense. Do you see him putting up all-pro, not all-pro numbers, but pro bowl numbers with Tim Kelly again and with Ryan Tannehill? And what do you see this do for Traylon Burks to elevate his game? Well, it's definitely going to help Traylon Burks because so much attention is going to go to DeAndre Hopkins just like it has throughout his career. I mean, yeah, well, from what I I saw him, I was in the press box for all those Texas Titans games when he was killing them. Saw him against the, you know, joint practices against the Cardinals a year ago. He was, he was, he was having his way in those games. And it's, it's almost surreal to see him now 
with the Titans. And he's on our one. team now. <laughs> yeah, making some of those same catches. I mean, these same balls that I've seen him go up and make so many times, some of these catches where he's got a guy hanging all over him, and he he's the guy that comes down with it. He's been doing that in camp on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, no, he's never been the fastest guy that's just going to be a Tyree kill and outrun everybody down the field. But he doesn't have to be because if he's in a one-on-one situation – Nine times out of ten, he's coming down with that ball. He seems like he's motivated. You know, I think people, a lot of people, you know, when they signed him, thought, oh, here we go again, another Randy Moss or another Andre Johnson or another Julio Jones. And I think DeAndre Hopkins is a different case than all those guys. You know, he has, you know, yeah, he was suspended last year. He missed a good chunk of time. But he's not a guy that's been historically hurt and unavailable Um so uh, he looks great to me, and he uh, looks motivated, and uh, and his presence will help everybody on the offense, from Burks to Conquo to Derrick Henry. Certainly going to help Ryan Tannehill, and uh, you know, he's going to go up and get some balls for the Titans this year. Now, what do you what, do you, what how would you compare? Do you think this can be like a top five unit for like wide receiver duos? And what do you compare them to, like a AJ Brown and Julio Jones? I know we haven't seen it on the field yet, but on paper right now, how how, how do you rate that? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I, 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 A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, it really never materialized. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, it really didn't come together until the playoff game against the Bengals that we all know how it ended. I mean, it took so long to get Julio up to speed, and then that's what was so disappointing about that season for the Titans. They finally, after all that waiting, they were healthy, close to 100%, and then – Laid an egg in that playoff game, and that's and and that's going to stick with Titans fans for a long time. Uh, I think this duo uh, with Hopkins and and Burks certainly can be very very productive. I don't want to say it's unfair for me to say they're a top five duo because fair you know, Burks be a Burks just I mean he's uh, I, I like what I've seen from him. I think he's got a great attitude. He looks like he's ready to go, but you know he. He was uh, he was hurt a good chunk of last year, you know. His numbers don't jump off the page at you. He's going to have to make a big jump. I think he's capable, but he's got to stay healthy and uh, and and got to prove it. Yeah, the potential is definitely there, which I think has Titans fans, you know, if not anything else, at least excited to see what this duo can do this year, especially because they both looked as advertised in training camp. Uh, Hopkins looks like his old self and like every um, Titans reporter has posted. Burks just looks like a, a different player. Sal brought it up last week. He looks almost physically bigger than, you know, I know his comparison was AJ Brown and we don't want to keep bringing him up, but he almost looks physically bigger than, than AJ Brown actually did. So we're excited for that potential duo. Um, question I have for you. Another one. I want to talk about the rookies a little bit. And see, um, which rookie has stood out to you that we drafted? Who do you think could be a contributor from day one? You can give the boring answer and say it's going to be Skaronsky because he's a shoe-in. Um, so which rookie that you think we drafted is going to have the biggest impact from day one? And then on the other side of it, because I know Jared and I are very excited about an undrafted free agent. Which undrafted free agent do you feel as though um, has the potential – to make this team, um, I know Kayla Murphy is a guy Jared and I brought up, I think, before the draft, uh, Division three guy or D2 guy that 
just blew the door off um, the NCAA record when it came to sacks in a season. And we we signed him as an undrafted free agent. Jared and I have talked about him plenty of times before. So which undrafted guy do you think could make this team? Um, and do you think it could be someone like a Caleb Murphy? Yeah, and as far as the as far as the draft pick goes, yes, Skaronski is the he's the easy answer because he's going to be a starter from day one, and he's going to be a he's going to be a reliable, durable player. So we won't even go there. I'm going to go with Tajay Spears, a guy I mentioned earlier, just because I think he is a dynamic threat. Uh, he is different than Derrick Henry. They're going to use him in situations where they're going to try to take advantage of matchups there. And based on what I've seen from him in camp, he's going to make some plays. So I'm going Spears there. Wiley's been a little bit slow out of the gate. You know, Levis is not going to play. Those are some of your early draft picks, not named Skaronsky and Spears. So I'm going with Spears. And then as far as undrafted guys, yeah, I think Caleb Murphy is probably one just because I look at numbers there. You know, you've got Harold Landry, Landry, Arden Key, and Rashad Weaver. So I think they're looking for a fourth outside backer right now. I'd say Murphy's that guy. You know, a couple of guys, one guy who I think has been really good, um, a couple of guys have been good this offseason, but I wonder about whether spots could be as Trayshawn Harrison, a receiver. He's been good, but he's in a numbers game where I think he's probably probably more practice squad uh, than he is roster um, because I can get to six, five or six pretty quick. Uh, and then I think, uh, you know, one other guy who has been pretty – I don't know where the spot is for him, but, I mean – Otis Reese, the fourth, the the linebacker from Mississippi, has been really good in camp. And, you know, inside backers, you got Aziz, obviously, Jack Gibbons, Monty Rice, Chance Campbell, uh, Luke Gifford's going to be a team's guy. I mean, Reese uh, has made, uh, has flashed a lot in camp. And I have a feeling that uh, in these preseason games, a lot of Titans fans who haven't been able to see him at training camp are going to say, who is this guy and how, how do we? find a way to keep him around. You think so, there could be maybe, sorry, Jared, no, uh, you're good. more than a handful of guys that are undrafted that, you know, might find themselves on the back end of the 53, like a Murphy or a Harrison. Yeah, potentially. I mean, and then the kicker, I mean, depends on who wins out there, both Wolf, you know, Caleb Shudak was around last year. Trey Wolf counts as one of those undrafted guys. And he, you know, he was, he was money, you know, in practice today, and uh, and he's been. I don't know where that competition is going to end up, but he's another one potentially could a handful. I'd, I'd say maybe two, three of them could make it, but there's just not a lot of room um, for him uh, because well, I'm got glad some, that. No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Dad. Oh, you're you good. Me, yeah, there's just not a lot of room for too many guys to stick. Uh, you you got me overly excited when you brought up kickers because that was actually <laughs> my next question. <laughs> <laughs> We've been struggling with kickers, it seems like, for a very long time. You know, Baronis um, was was phenomenal for us. Um, I, you know, the just the, the carousel of kickers is getting old to Titans fans, and we real feel old. like real old. And we just feel like it's it's a position where if we just would have had some some continuity with it the last few years, we might have you know won a few games that we should have lost. You know, we even look at that Giants game last year where Bullock missed you know, the 49, 50 yard or if he made that, maybe we make the playoffs. So um, I, I tend not to get too excited about kickers, but I can't help it because we haven't had one in so long. So how do you see this camp battle shaking out between Shudok and Trevor Wolf? 
And um, if you feel as though that none of neither of them are worthy come the regular season, if they both struggle in the preseason, do you see us potentially bringing in like a Robbie Gold? He's got that San Francisco connection with Rand Carthon. Or do you think it's going to be Shudok or Wolf that takes this job and runs with it? Well, coming into camp, I felt like Shudok is a favorite. I mean, because he, he's been around for a year, I think is different the way he strikes the ball compared to Wolf. Um, but in camp, it's been a competition. I was looking at my numbers uh, just to make sure I was up to date before I started talking about this. Shudak in camp is currently 36 out of 40. And Wolf has not, um, you know, Wolf has, has competed well. I mean, I mentioned today how good he was. He was uh, eight of nine in a special team period today. And then they had two two-minute drives that ended with field goal tries, and he made both of them. So he's 42 out of 47 in camp. So both these guys have done a good job. Like, it hasn't been a runaway by any stretch. Both of them have a strong leg. Still feel like the feeling is that Shudak is more consistent, striking the ball, got a little bit more leg. Um, I feel like it's his job to lose, but um, – Again, that's what competition's for. And uh, and Shudak had an opportunity in two two-minute periods the day before yesterday, and he missed both his kicks. Now, granted, they were both from 50, they were from 51 and 54, but you know, those are the kind of kicks you gotta make, and guys like Robbie Gold do make those kicks. So um, I think what will happen is that they will continue to compete in camp, will continue to compete in these joint practices and continue to compete in these preseason games where you actually got a rush coming at you, you've got a little bit more pressure. And the hope is one of those guys wins it going away. And if that doesn't happen, then you can do what, you know, what other teams have done and what the Titans have done in the past is then you go out and get a veteran free agent and, uh, and start the year with them. But um, I, I would, again, my feeling is that Titans want one of these young guys to win the job and would rather not bring in, a veteran right before the season. Yeah. Because another thing you got to consider is, you know, if you sign a veteran before week one and then he goes out and is one for four and you're on the hook for his salary for the whole year because he's Mm -hmm. a vested vet. So, I mean, I I think you'd rather enter the season with a young guy and feel good about him. And I, and I think based on how these two guys are kicking, one of them is not winning and out of default so far. Somebody's going to earn it um, based on what we've seen so far. Fair enough. Right. Fair yeah. Enough. So, so Jim, um, before we get into uh, our little one little segment that we like to have fun with, um, there's a depth chart that came out officially this week for the game, and the one weakest spot that we've been talking about on this show on the defense is linebacker. Right? They added Al Shair from San Francisco. You know he's a he's a shoe in. At, at linebacker, but right next to him, there's a fight between uh, Jack Gibbons and Monty Rice. You have uh, Jack Gibbons getting a nod as as the uh, lead next to Shair. What? Do, how do you see that battles going on back and forth between Rice and, and Doctor Gibbons? Well, Al Shair's been great. I want to say that right out of the gate. And he had a, he had a pick today. He nearly had two picks. He's been all over the field, you know, showing up in run support, showing up, getting his hands on football. So I really like what I've seen from him like what I've seen from him from a leadership standpoint. You know, Gibbons, you know, when when he played last year at the end of the season, they were really impressed with how on top of it he was as far as not being surprised by anything, knowing exactly what to do. He knows a lot of 
different positions, knows what other guys are doing. And this offseason, he's he's gotten bigger. I think he's gotten even better. You know, Mike Vrabel just talked about how much faster he's looked out there to him, and that's because he's not thinking so much. And he's a legitimate option to be a starter opposite Al Shear. I mean, it, it's not a they're not just doing that to push Monty Rice. I mean, they're they're doing it because they like Jack Gibbons and think he's got a chance to win the job. Now, with that said, you know, they you know, like Monty Rice as well. Uh, I think they uh, I've seen some good things from him. Certainly there's some things he needs to do better. Um, I'm curious to see how that one sh- shakes out myself, but I felt like coming into camp that Gibbons had a real shot to win the job. And, hmm. uh, and I don't know that he's really done anything to, uh, to, to fall out of favor uh, based on what I've seen. Is that the strongest position on the team, though? I mean, no. I mean, I'll share. Is, I, I really, again, I like what I've seen, but the other guy, Gibbons or Rice, I mean, pretty young, unproven guys, but two hungry guys. And uh, and I think in some ways a guy like Gibbons probably reminds Mike Vrabel a little bit of himself, uh, a guy who uh, was a little bit unheralded, especially at the start of his career and then blossom into a really good player because he was so smart and he was, and it meant so much to him. And, um, and now we'll just kind of see how things go from here. Yeah. The linebacker is definitely a, uh, a big question mark for us, not the outside linebacker spot, but linebacker itself. So um, glad that we have you to talk about that with, but uh, since, since you've uh, been on this show, uh, before we have a new segment on the show where we like to just ask a couple questions, you know, uh, to, to, to the, um, the guest. So, uh, Sammy, start us up. Think fast. All right, Jim. So it's a little think fast. We're going to put you in a little hot seat right now. So, uh, first question is favorite Titans player ever to cover. Uh, I'd say Eddie George, just because he was such a great guy to deal with in the very, very beginning. And I think just the way he has remained such a great ambassador for the city, just a great ambassador for the team. He's a good friend of mine. He's always been great to me. Uh, he's actually my, on my Twitter uh, page. He's the picture of me and Eddie walking side by side back in 1999, my first years, you know, on the team. So um, Eddie George is at the top of that list for me. Eddie is is one of the reasons why I'm a Titans fan. Vinny's a Titans fan. Sal is. He's he's got his jersey hanging up on the wall. I met him two years ago. Great dude. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Um, to flip. That's that, not an easy question, too. I answer that quickly, but that's not an easy easy answer because I have a lot of respect for so many guys that have rolled through here. From Steve McNear, you know, I, yeah. Keith Bullock, who just went to the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame, goes down as one of my favorites as well. So I, I could go on and on about great guys to cover. Eddie just, uh, you know, Eddie just uh, comes to mind for me the quickest. All right. So, again, to flip that question, who was your favorite coach to ever cover for the Titans? Oh, man, that's a tough one because with Mike Vrabel being the current head coach, I can you not say Mike Vrabel because uh, it got back to him that I said someone else. He probably wouldn't like it. Uh, <laughs> but I will say Jeff Fisher was great to me. I, I was in a, it was a different life for me back then being a, a beat writer for the Tennessean where I was digging for news and came up with news a lot. And I had to deal with Jeff Fisher so many times behind the scenes when I had found something out and went to him two o'clock in the morning, tell him I had it. You know, he would work with me. 
I'd work with him. He, um, he always told me that he you know, is never going to lie to me if I came up with stuff. And as far as I know, he never did lie to me. And, um, and he steered me the right direction when I was, when I was sniffing down stuff as well. So uh, it's two different lives for me there because I, I don't deal with Mike Vrabel that way now working for the team. Um, Jeff Fisher, you know, and I had to play ball with one another a lot is a way I like to refer it. So, so different, um, different dynamics there, but uh, they're one A, one I guess one and one A for me there. Okay, you bringing up the t- Tennessean days. Um, going back with me with Twitter, literally, you I think I followed the Titans and I followed you. So you were like one of two that I followed right away because I saw you as a Tennessean and I followed you the whole way. And it's like Jim White's well, appreciate the out of Twitter, yeah. man. Well, I appreciate that. I was a lot more exciting to cover back then because I was breaking news and I yeah. was digging stuff up and, and I was telling uh, people stuff that they didn't necessarily want people, stuff that people, they didn't necessarily want people to know. Like, uh, so I was, I was a bit of a news hound. I was consumed with the job back then. And uh, you, were the, you were the source. Yeah. So now I, now a lot of times I know about stuff and I can't, I can't say it. Uh, so I'm probably a little more vanilla uh, than I used to be. Well, Vrabel does get upset that you said Fisher over him. Just make sure you tell him that you said it on our show. So <laughs> maybe, maybe we can get Vrabel yeah. listening, and maybe we could, um, you know, get get him on here and hash it out. But yeah, well, I said one A and one B. I didn't say which one was one one and one A. Or I, I said smart one man. and one A. I didn't see which one was which. Yeah. Yeah. Smart man, smart Rabel man. Vrabel is much bigger than Jeff Fisher, I assume. So. <laughs> Uh, Jim, uh, you work for the team. I don't know if we. I don't even know if you can answer this question, but we're going to ask it. Uh, are you allowed to make a season prediction for the Titans? Uh, I. It's funny. I, I. I probably am allowed to. I just don't, and and this is the reason why. If I say the team's going thirteen and four, then people are going to say, "Oh, this guy's a homer." You know, he works for the team. Uh, and then if I say uh, I don't think a team's going to be that good, going to be eight and nine, people are going to say, "Well." Hell, this guy works for the team. He doesn't even think they're going to be any good. So True. I just stay out of predictions. I used to do them when I worked at the uh, at the paper, and it was I like to think I was pretty good at picking, you know, records before the season started. And I was pretty good at picking games for a while. There was one year where I went uh, 2003 season. I was a, I think I started the year 11 and 0 picking Titans games. And I finished the year 17 and one with the only loss being a game. I picked the Titans to win against the Colts at home and then up losing, I think, because Eddie Berlin fumbled a punt when they would have been in great field position late to win it. I would have gone 18 and oh, picking Titans games that year and uh, finished 17 and one. uh, But I stay out of the predictions now uh, just uh, to avoid getting a lot of grief. So if you got another one as a backup question, I can answer. I'll I'll go with that. I got I got a we got backup questions, but um, just I have I have us at ten and seven at the beginning of the year with DeAndre Hopkins. Now I'm going to go eleven and six, winning the division. So that's that's my little prediction right there. But for the last question, it's going to be a, it's a good one. So you got to really think hard about it. Your top five Titans of all time. We did it oh, last man. year. Okay. We did the last episode. Let's go. Uh, Eddie George, Steve McNair, uh, Keith 
Bullock. Oh, man. Because uh, this gets tight now uh, because you got Javon Curse in there but Javon, and Blaine Bishop for a couple of guys I don't want to throw in there. Um, let's go Eddie, Steve. Oh, I'm going to get this. Eddie, Steve, Bullock. Derek Henry, Chris Johnson. That's a Very, solid. That's a solid top five right there. Yeah, yeah. We were we were pretty similar uh, last week with our our top fives. It is tough because you feel bad leaving some people off of that list. There's, you know, honorable mentions. You almost feel like you can put a Kevin Byard on there. Uh, you know, Brett Kern was the la- the best punter of this last decade almost. So you feel you feel bad leaving people off, but that's a very solid list. Yeah, and I, and I don't know that I even want to go in that order, too, because I think, you know, the reality is Eddie George is a tremendous running back for this football mm-hmm. team and ran for 10,009 yards in his career, uh, I think 10,009 with the Titans. Uh, where Derrick Henry's going and what he's been able to, to do, Derrick Henry probably ranks above Eddie George as far as all-time greats in the running back uh, department. So, um and I tell you what, Chris Johnson was so good during his stretch too. So um, maybe not in that order, but I think I do feel like those are my are the top five in my mind. Well, that was a great answer. And uh, Jim, we can't thank you enough for coming back on. Um, a true gentleman, a legend in Tennessee sports. If anyone wants to follow him, he's Jay Wyatt Sports on. Twitter or otherwise known as X nowadays, I guess they call it now. I don't know. My icon <laughs> changed. He's also the senior writer and editor for um, the Tennessee Titans, uh, TennesseeTitans.com. So thanks again for coming on, Jim. Um, we appreciate you. You are a class act and a, a true legend when it comes to um, reporting sports in the state of Tennessee. So um, for a couple of Jersey kids, for, for you to be giving us time of day, we really do appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it. appreciate you guys having me on. appreciate you making it work uh, here so late because I know it's past 11 your time and uh, and look forward to maybe doing this again sometime. Hopefully Absolutely. next year we'll be down there in Nashville with you uh, at training camp chopping it up too. So uh, that, that's uh, – hope all the plan goes well. Yep. I'm hoping to maybe in Jersey. We'll see how the thing – you know, the, another Jersey guy, uh, Bruce Springsteen, playing in Wrigley Field Friday night before uh, night before Titans-Bears this weekend. I'm trying to figure out what I can make it to see Bruce. So, uh, uh, we'll see he's how almost, that goes. He's almost as famous as we are in Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but thanks what's, a small, what's a small town outside Jersey he's from? Uh Asbury Park, is that right? Yeah, yeah, Asbury. He's on the um the northern part of the shore side of the state. Um, yeah, he's as he's as famous as could be. But um thanks again for coming on, Jim. We really appreciate you and um enjoy the rest of camp. We're jealous that you get to see it uh day in and day out. Um and uh, don't forget to tell Rabel that he needs to come on the show. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I appreciate okay. you. Appreciate care, you guys. Jim. Have a good night. Okay. Have a good one. Yeah, Jim Wyatt, um, you know, class act, true gentleman, a legend when it comes to reporting Tennessee sports. You know, just awesome that he gives us time a day. You know, he's he's done it now twice. And, you know, we really appreciate that. And um hopefully in the future we get to work with him a little more personally, maybe at camp, uh, you know, next year. Who knows? But 
Other than that, though, we're we're excited for the first game this week against um, Adam Rank's uh, Chicago Cubs, whatever we want to call them, little cubbies, little, <laughs> little, cute little bears they are down in Chicago, whatever they want to call themselves for now. Um, but other than that, I don't have much else to say other than tighten up and, and um, you know, what about you, Jared? No, um, we, we played the Bears on Saturday night. Uh, Adam was kind enough that he wants to do a live with us on Saturday, so I will be partaking into that live, and hopefully we have something to talk about with the quarterbacks and the, and the defense and us beating the Bears because, uh, you know, we're, we're really not a really great preseason team, but uh, we'll see what happens. We have um, um, the D-line coach, though, being the head coach this week. Yeah, so very hopefully- great. Yeah, hopefully he does well in his in his first stint with that. You know, shout out to Vrabel again for yep. for doing some good things on the coaching yep. staff. Yeah, absolutely. And although you said we weren't too great in the preseason, um, I think Adam Rank's Bears went three and zero last year, and then had the first pick. So we know it doesn't always translate. Um, but yeah, shout out Vrabel, giving our defensive um one of our defensive coaches the opportunity, showcase what he can do as a head coach, and um maybe get him a chance to uh become a head coach later on in his career. We know Vrabel is a class act, and we're happy that he is here as our head coach. But a great show tonight. You and I held it down while Sal was unavailable. Hopefully he'll be back um, this weekend when Adam comes on and next week as well. Um, But other than that, tighten up. And Sammy, send me out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Talking Titans on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.